0: You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the second Ashes Test between Australia and England from the Adelaide Oval. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast, And let's get started. Let's have a look at the match summary from the second Ashes Test from the Adelaide Oval between Australia and England. Australia batted first and made 9 for 473 declared in their first innings. Lavishane top scored with 103 and Stokes took 3 wickets for England. England in their first innings were all out for 236. Milan top scored with 80 and Stark took 4 wickets for Australia. Australia in their second innings made 9 for 230 declared with Head and Labuschagne top scoring with 51 each. Root and Milan took 2 wickets each for England. England needed 468 runs to win. They finished on 192 all out. Wokes top scored with 44 and Jai Richardson took 5 wickets for Australia. Australia won by 275 runs and Manus Labuschagne was named Man of the match. What were the key moments and key factors from this second Ashes test between Australia and England? Australia's batting, digging in and taking their time, which saw them to 473 in the first innings. Australia's bowling to dismiss England for 236 in the first innings to have a lead of 237 runs in the first innings. Australia's batting in the second innings to extend the lead to 467, which saw them bat England out of this test match and ensure they couldn't lose the match. Australia's bowling to dismiss England for 192 in the second innings to win the test match by 275 runs and take a 2-0 series lead. Those were the key moments and key factors from this second Ashes Test at the Adelaide Oval. Let's have a look at both teams' performances with both bat and ball in this second Ashes Test from the Adelaide Oval. We'll start with Australia and their batsmen, Harris, 3-23, Warner, 95-13, Labuschagne 103-51, Smith, 93-6, Head, 18-51, Green, 2-33, not out, and Carey 51-6. That's how the Australian batsmen went about things in this second Ashes Test at the Oval. I thought Australia's batting in this match was excellent, um, especially in the first innings. Australia batted well to get a good first inning score of 473, which put them in a dominant position in this test match. Australia took their time with the bat, playing responsible cricket, and that's what I like. Batsmen playing responsible cricket, not reckless cricket. All the batsmen were facing a lot of balls. David Warner faced 167 balls uh, for his 95 in the first innings. Labashain, 305 for his 103 in the first innings. Smith, 201 balls for his 93. And Carey. Um, 107 balls for his 51 in the first innings. They showed a lot of fight, grit, determination and mental toughness with the bat and showed a lot of um, discipline with the bat as well. Um, England made it difficult for Australia to score runs on day 1 Australia were 2 for 221 at stumps on day 1 but were able to get to that 473 score all thanks to that fight, grit, determination and mental toughness with the bat and discipline with the bat um, to play a long innings and cash in and that's what Australia did. I thought Marnus, Labuschagne and David Warner played exceptionally well, just like they did in Brisbane. They played well here in Adelaide. Their partnership of 172 for the second wicket um, set up Australia nicely in their first innings to get to 473. Both of them dug in and were patient and steady the ship for Australia after losing Marcus Harris early in the innings when Australia were 1-4 for four inside 7.3 overs. Also, Australia were able to build good partnerships of 65 for the third wicket between Smith and Labuschagne. 50 for the 4th wicket between Smith and Head. And 91 for the 6th wicket between Smith and Kerry. And 58 for the 8th wicket between Stark and Nessa. All of those partnerships were quite handy for Australia in their first innings. And it was very good to see Australia backing up partnerships. That's very important in batting, is to back up good partnerships one after another. And that's what Australia did in the in the first innings there with those partnerships. I fought Australia in the second innings. They so were in a bit of trouble at the start of their second innings, Australia, there were four down for 55 inside, 29 overs. England were bowling at fuller length with the ball and made run scoring difficult for Australia in creating chances and opportunities. But I thought Labuschagne and Head's partnership of 89 for the fifth wicket was able to get Australia back the momentum and got them going in their second innings. And they were able to score runs freely and extend the lead for Australia, which they did up towards 467. Uh, Labashain continued on his great work from the first innings. He made a good half-century, 51. Travis Head made a good half-century in the second innings, 51 he made as well. Uh, I thought Cameron Green batted well uh, for his 33 not out to boost his confidence with the bat after some low scores in the series thus far. And those contributions helped Australia to get to 467 um, run lead on that Adelaide Oval pitch. And stand-in skipper Steve Smith was able to declare in the second session on day four and Australia were able to bowl England out and win the Test match. So overall, Australia's batting was very dominant, and it was a very good performance with the bat from the Australian batsman. Um, let's talk about Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, what a player this guy is. Um, he's one-of-a-kind, Marnus. He batted well in both innings, 103 and 51. His century in the first innings wasn't his fluent best. It took him 305 balls to get there, but I thought it was a good quality innings from Marnus. And also he has the second best uh, test batting average in test matches of all time now after this brilliant knock in Adelaide. Um, He's fifth on the list for the fewest innings to 2,000 runs, doing it in 34 innings after 20 test matches. He has a hunger for runs, and he's capable of scoring over 30 centuries in 10,000 runs in his test career. He's got that capability about him, Marnus, because he's just a run machine. He loves scoring runs. I thought he left the ball well in this test match. He was very disciplined, took his time. He left the ball well, just like he did in Brisbane. He did the same here in Adelaide. I thought his leaving was impeccable. Um, he had a lot of luck in his innings as well. Uh, getting dropped twice by Butler for 21 and, and 95 and getting out on a no ball from Robinson, but he made the most of that luck and Manus, what a player he is. And he's in excellent form at the moment for Australia. Uh, Talk about David Warner's innings. I thought he batted well. He was unlucky not to get the century. He's got out twice now in the nineties in this series. He deserved uh, two centuries in this series thus far. But uh, that's the way cricket goes. You get out sometimes, and and hopefully for Warner, he scores a century at the MCG on Boxing Day. Um, I thought his innings was the key for Australia in this match in terms of them uh, getting to that four seventy three score. And him and Labuschagne set the platform for Smith and Heading. And, Green and Carey uh, and even the tail enders to come in to, to, to really cash in and score the runs for Australia so good innings from David Warner he's returning to his best he's been out of form for a bit but we're starting to see the old David Warner come back which is brilliant to see Steve Smith I thought he had a brilliant game as skipper and also with the bat as well obviously filling in for Pat Cummins due to Pat missing out due to unforeseen circumstances unlucky not to score a century uh, but he returned to his best with the bat, which is good signs for Australia for the rest of this Ashes series. And I thought his captaincy was superb. Made all the right moves. The tactics were right. Um, he His bowling changes were superb as well. Um, he did everything right, Steve Smith. So good to see him doing well in his first game as captain. Obviously coming off a long layoff. Uh, Travis Head, I thought he batted well again for his 51 um, that sentry at the Gabba has really set up Travis Head for a big series in this Ashes series with the bat. Um, the way he scored runs freely in the second innings, he's got that monkey off his back. He's already scored a, a nice century um, in the first test. Now he can go out there and play with freedom and be aggressive, as we know Travis Head can be. So great from Travis to see that from him. And great to see him being consistent as well. Alex Carey, quick word on him. I thought he batted extremely well for his maiden half century of fifty-one in the first innings at his home ground at the Adelaide Oval. What a way to do that! Um, his keeping behind the stumps has been superb in this series. He just had the one mistake he made in the second innings, not going for that catch off Butler, and, that, and Butler would have been out for a pair um, in England's second innings. But besides from that, he did a great job as always, behind the stumps. I thought he kept well to the quicks and he kept well to Nathan Lyon as well. Uh, uh, just a final word on the, on Australia's batting. Uh, Marcus Harris, uh, let's talk about him before we move on to the bowlers um, and how they performed in this test match for Australia. Uh, Marcus Harris failed to grab his opportunity, got out for 3-23 in, um, uh, in the test match in both innings, uh, didn't grab his opportunity. He needs to make the most of it, Marcus Harris. Um, He's the only Australian batsman who's under pressure in this test side at the moment. Uh, Needs to score runs if he does get selected for for Boxing Day, which you probably think he will, Um, but he needs to score runs. If he doesn't, then Australia will probably go back to Usman Khawaja. But overall, it was a dominant performance from Australia with the bat in this second Ashes Test from the Adelaide Oval. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and their performance in this second Ashes Test from the Adelaide Oval. Labashain no wickets, Smith no wickets, Head no wickets, two wickets for Green, six wickets for Stark, two wickets for Nessa, five wickets for Richardson, and five wickets for Lyon. That's how the Australian bowlers performed in this second Ashes test with the ball. I thought Australia's bowling in this test match was excellent. Um, The first innings, Australia bowled well. To get England out for 236, Australia were tested with the ball when Root and Milan were batting well in the first session of day three and scored over 100 runs in the session and not losing a wicket. Australia were leaking runs and Root and Milan were scoring freely. After the first break on day three, Australia caused England to have a batting collapse, which saw England lose 8 for 86 and to be bowled out for 236. It started with Nathan Lyon and Cameron Green bowling well in partnership They bowled six or seven maidens in a row, which created pressure. That stopped England from scoring, and batsmen were getting frustrated and playing shots they wouldn't have played, and that created opportunities for Australia. Australia were able to break that partnership between Root and Milan of 138 for the third wicket. Once they did, England crumbled under the pressure and had a batting collapse, as I said before, losing 8 for 86. Australia bowled good lines and lengths and were consistent in their lines and lengths and were consistent in building pressure ...against the England batsmen. The second innings bowling for Australia was uh, a brilliant bowling effort. Uh, Despite England's middle order and tail enders offering a bit of fight and resistance... ...Australia were able to get the job done. Uh, Bowling England out for 192, they didn't panic. They kept their cool. They bowled good lines and lengths. They were consistent and were able to keep the pressure on England... ...and to take the 10 wickets to win the Test match. Obviously Australia would have had memories of what happened last summer against India especially in Sydney and Brisbane, not being able to get the job done. They banished those demons in this test match against England, and they were able to get the job done this time around. So great signs for Australia there. Um, I just want to have a talk about Mitchell Stark for a bit. Um, I thought Mitchell Stark bowled extremely well in this test match. He really impressed me. Um, it's the best I've seen Starkey bowl in the last year and a bit. Uh with Pat Cummins not playing this test match due to obvious reasons, as we all know, I think Starkey being the leader of the attack has brought the best out of him. Um, he seemed a lot happier. He had a positive attitude. He had good rhythm. He was bowling good pace. He was consistent in his lines and lengths, and he didn't go for too many runs in this test match, Mitch- Mitchell Stark. Um, we know with Stark, he can leak runs, but in this test match, he kept the runs down. His economy rate was was good, and obviously, we know what he can do with the pink ball. He's taken over 50 wickets with the pink ball in day-night test matches. Um, he's an, a brilliant pink ball bowler. And and Starkey bowled extremely well in this match. So good to see Mitchell Stark starting to get back into some good form for Australia with the ball. And uh, Nathan Lyon, what can you say about the GOAT? He did his job again. He bowled a lot of overs straight from one end in the first innings. He did that again in the second innings from the cathedral end at the Adelaide Oval he got the ball to turn, created chances, opportunities, and got wickets. And obviously Nathan Lyon, a very reliable bowler, so very impressed with his performance in this Test match. Jay Richardson didn't take any wickets in the first innings, none for 78. But in the second innings, I thought he bowled extremely well to take his maiden five-wicket haul in Test matches. And what a way to do that against the old enemy in England. Um, so he bowled extremely well, Jay, and hopefully he has a long future for Australia in the Test side. Uh, Michael Nessa, I thought he was impressive on debut, uh, bowled really well, he was quite accurate, deserved his opportunity. Uh, Despite Pat Cummins missing out, he got his opportunity and he made the most of it, taking two wickets. So I was very impressed with Michael Nessa on debut. Um, And Cameron Green really impressed me as well. I think he was the standout performer with the ball for Australia in this Test match. His bowling was outstanding he was bowling good pace mid 140s and getting extra bounce with the height he has obviously being a tall bowler he can get that extra bounce and pace off the surface and we saw that got rid of Joe Root twice in this series now got him out in Adelaide in the first innings with a good delivery uh, catching the outside edge and Cameron Green he's really improved his bowling since last summer against India coming back from the stress fractures and the injuries we're seeing the best Of Cameron Green with the ball. Hopefully he can improve his batting. Uh, He made a good 33 not out in the second innings But if he can get that right, he's got his bowling right He's going to be a very handy all-rounder in the future for Australia. So great signs from Cameron Green there Overall, it was a solid bowling performance from Australia without Cummins and Hazelwood It was a good performance from the bowling group. Overall, it was a clinical performance from Australia That's why they are leading 2-0 in this Ashes series Let's have a look at England's team performance with both bat and ball in this second Ashes test from the Adelaide Oval. We'll start with our batsmen, Hamid 6-0, Burns 4-34, Milan 80-20, Root 62-24, Stokes 34-12, Pope 5-4, Butler 0-26, and, and Wokes 24-44. That's how the batsmen went about things in this test match. Once again, England's batting was poor. That's no surprise to anyone. The first innings was horrible. They lost wickets at regular intervals again. 1 for 7, 2 for 12, 3 for 150, 4 for 157, 5 for 164, 6 for 169, 7 for 202, 8 for 204, 9 for 220, and all out for 236. Once again, didn't build big partnerships except for Root and Milan again. 7-5, 138, 7-7, 5, 33, 2, 16, and 16. Yet again, had another batting collapse, losing 8 for 86 in the second session on day 3. After not losing a wicket in the first session with Root and Milan, combining well for a nice 100-run partnership for the third wicket, England crumbled under the pressure caused by Australia after the break. It was a golden opportunity missed by Root and Milan in the whole England batting lineup to cash in on a pitch that isn't doing much, and it was quite flat, and was good for batting as it is in Adelaide, um, to score big runs and attack Australia's bowlers who were missing Cummins and Hazelwood. But England couldn't do that, and they were bowled out for 236. The second innings, they showed a lot of fight, determination, mental toughness with the bat. They were facing an uphill battle, needing 468 runs to win, which was unlikely, uh, but needing to bat for time to save the Test match. Just like the first innings, they lost early wickets to be 4 for 82 at Stumps on Day 4. Losing Joe Roode on the last ball of the day was an ideal and made England's chances of drawing the match even tougher. Uh, ben Stokes, Butler, Wokes, Robinson, Broad and Anderson all dug in and showed a lot of fight, determination and mental toughness with the bat, but their efforts went in vain and Australia were able to bowl England out for 192 and win the Test match by a big margin. Um, so overall, England's batting was quite poor in this test match, which is no surprise. Um, but in the second innings, they showed a lot of fight and determination. And the frustrating part uh, for England and for England supporters is that they is that they can't show that fight and determination and mental toughness with the bat uh, for long periods of time. And obviously they had to do that in the second innings because the situation of the match dictated that, because they were going for the draw, and that was highly unlikely. But but I thought they showed a lot of character in that second innings, especially Stokes, 12 off 77 balls. Butler, especially, we'll talk about him shortly, 26 off 207 balls. Wokes, 44 off 97 balls. Robinson, 8 off 39 balls. Broad, 9 on out, off 31 balls. And Anderson, 2 off 5 balls. They all dug in and showed a lot of fight and determination, whereas the top order... Did not show that at all for England in this second innings. Um, once again, the first innings was poor as well. Um, Root to Milan miles ahead of this England batting lineup. You know Joe Root's in the best form of his life. Milan uh, batting well, uh, making a couple of 80s now in this series. Uh, really cashing in with the runs, same with Joe Root. Um, but the rest are struggling. Um, let's talk about Joe Root, um, performed well again with the bat in this test match for England, making 62 in the first innings, good partnership with Milan in the first innings, but weren't able to get on with it and convert those starts into hundreds and big hundreds. And they'll be disappointed about that, uh, Root and Milan, as they were in Brisbane, but they didn't convert those starts into big hundreds. Um, Joe Root's under pressure as captain, frustrated again, he was after the match, Quite frustrated at his batsmen and bowlers. Number one, for his batsmen for getting out cheaply and not showing a lot of fight and determination with the bat and mental toughness and resilience. And two, to his bowlers who weren't bowling a fuller length and weren't getting the job done. Um, You know, he is under pressure as captain. His job is uncertain, you have to say. But I do feel for him. I do feel sorry for Gerrude. He's playing in a team that's struggling That's not really working, not really cohesive, not unified. Um, They're all over the shop, and it's like deja vu all over again for Joe Root. Oh, here we go again. We're 2-0 down in the Ashes series. I'm captain again, and the whole ship is going wrong. And the whole whole ship, I should say, is sinking as we speak, like the Titanic. And we can't stay afloat. Um, So for him... It's disappointing. He did ask the batsmen to show some fight and resilience and mental toughness. And the challenge for England is to show that every test match. You've got to show that in the first innings. They didn't do that. They showed it in the second innings because the game was pretty much gone and they had to draw it. But they've got to show that every test match, England. And the challenge for these England batsmen is they can't do that for long periods of time. You, you've got to be mentally tough and bat for long periods of time. But it's very hard work. It takes a lot out of you. You've got to have great mental strength to do that. And all of these England batsmen, their mental application with their mental side of their game ain't working. Their methods and routines of concentrating and focusing every delivery um, is not working. And we've seen in this series thus far, they crumble and have batting collapses because they can't sustain it for long periods of time. That's why Joe Root is frustrated, and that's why all England fans are frustrated, because they aren't showing that for a long period period of time, and on a consistent basis. Um, So, yeah, once again, the batting was poor. A word on Josh Butler, quickly. Um, He had a mixed test match, dropping catches and took some brilliant catches. Uh, Got a duck in the first innings and would have gone for a pair if Kerry took that catch off Stark in the second innings. Getting out hit wicket in the second innings summed up his test match and England's tour, basically. Uh, But he rode his luck and played a very good knock for his team, He showed a lot of fight determination and mental toughness with the bat. Uh, He scored 26 runs of 207 balls at a strike rate of 12.5, which was the third slowest innings in Test cricket. And obviously we don't associate that with Josh Butler. We know with him he's a very uh, aggressive batsman who looks to get on with it and score big runs. We see that in ODIs and T20s for England on a consistent basis. But in Test cricket, he can't able... Uh, to transfer that form into Test cricket, um, but he played a very good knock. You got to give him credit for that. He fought hard. He showed everyone else that I'm not just a slogger. I can really play the long game as well, and he did. Um, he showed a lot of resilience and, and resistance. But unfortunately, when he got out, and hit wicket, that just summed up his Test match and summed up England's tour. And this innings he's played in this Test match has kept his spot in the team for the rest of the series. You think? but beyond the Asher series, I'm not quite sure about his spot in this test side. So he played okay, um, had a mixed test match, but um, he did well in the second innings. showed a lot of fight, grit, and determination. Um, Overall, it was a poor performance with the bat from England, which is no surprise in this test match. Let's have a look at the bowler's performance in this test match. Milan took two wickets, three wickets for Root, three wickets for Stokes, one wicket for Wokes, three wickets for Robinson, two wickets for Broad, and three wickets for Anderson. That's how the England bowlers went about things in this test match with the ball. Um, England's bowling in this test match was poor. It, it wasn't good enough. First of all, their selection was wrong for this test match. They chose 5 frontline seamers and didn't pick a spinner here in Adelaide. Uh, which was just absolutely ludicrous and crazy. The team they had here in Adelaide should have played in Brisbane, and the team they had in Brisbane should have played in Adelaide. They got it mixed up. They got it the wrong way around. Um, if Ollie Robinson, who bowled off spin in the first, oh sorry, in the uh, second innings, just shows you that they got the selection horribly wrong. Um. In the first innings, their bowling was poor. They didn't make use of the new ball. They bowled far too short and they didn't bowl a fuller length to challenge the Australian batsman. Um, they leaked runs and couldn't sustain pressure on the Australian batsman, which hurt England in the end. Oh, so they missed opportunities again in the field. Butler dropped Labochain twice on ni- on 21 and 95. Uh, Robertson got Labochain out, but he bowled a no ball. England can't afford to bowl no balls. To take wickets on no balls, to drop catches. They're not helping themselves, and that happened again in this test match. The second innings, I thought the second innings bowling was much better, but it still wasn't good enough. Um, it took England until day four to realise that we need to bowl a fuller length on this Adelaide Oval pitch. When they did that, they created opportunities because they were bowling the ball a lot fuller on that fuller length. Australia were 4 for 55. Inside 29 overs because they bowled that fuller length and they were challenging the Australian batsmen a lot of plays and misses They were challenging the likes of Labashane And Smith in particular in that second innings and causing all sorts of problems because they got the ball up there And they got it to swing on a fuller length, but it was a bit too late The game was already gone Australia were miles in front and it took them until day four to realize that and it's just frustrating for England and England fans that they keep making these same mistakes and obviously with Broad and Anderson, two senior bowlers in your side, over 1,000 test match wickets, and they've played over 150 test matches. Broad played his 150th in this match. Anderson, 160-odd test matches he's played. They're two experienced bowlers. They should know what types of lengths to bowl, but they didn't do it. It's just not good enough, and it's unacceptable. And they didn't lead from the front in this bowling attack, really. And it only took them until day four to have a big discussion on the morning of day four or the afternoon of day four because this was a day-night test to realise that we need to bowl it fuller. And obviously Joe Root was frustrated at that. Obviously after the game he talked about that, that we need to bowl a bit fuller. Well, it's simple. Joe Root needs to get that message across the bowlers because they ain't doing that on a consistent basis and that's the frustrating thing. So overall it was a poor performance with the ball from England. Overall, it was a poor performance from England in this second Ashes Test at the Adelaide Oval. Let's preview the third Ashes Test of the series between Australia and England from the MCG. Talk about the potential elevens for both teams and who's going to win this third Ashes Test. Let's have a look at both teams' stats in test matches here at the MCG. The first test match played here was back in 1877 between Australia and England. They've played 56 matches. Eight of them have been draws. Australia's won 28 matches to England's 20. Let's have a look at Australia's potential 11 for the third Ashes Test at the MCG. Warner, Harris, Labashane, Smith, Head, Green, Kerry, Cummins, Stark, Lyon, Hazelwood and Richardson. I think Australia will make two changes to their 11 for the third Ashes Test here at the MCG. I think Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood will come back in for Michael Nessa and Jai Richardson who will miss out. Um, Obviously, Pat Cummins will definitely come back in, so Michael Nessa, despite playing the one Test match, it's quite harsh, but Cummins to come back in for Nessa. And if Josh Hayeswood is unavailable due to that side strain injury, and he can't play here for the third Test match in Melbourne, then Jai Richardson will keep his spot in the eleven. So that could be Australia's potential eleven for the third Ashes Test. Let's have a look at England's potential eleven for the third Ashes Test at the MCG. Crawley, Hamid, Milan, Root, Stokes, Bairstow, Butler, Robinson, Wood, Broad, and Leach. I think England will make four changes to their 11 for the third Ashes Test at the MCG. Zach Crawley, Johnny Bearstro, Mark Wood, Jack Leach to come in to replace Rory Burns, Ollie Pope, Chris Wokes, and James Anderson. I think Zach Crawley will open the batting with Hamid to replace Burns. Um, obviously, Crawley struggled in Test cricket of late, but they got to change it up with the top of the order there, England. Uh, Crawley to come in, he's younger than Burns. He's the future of English cricket, you have to say, and so is Hamid. So I think Crawley to open the batting with Hamid um, for England, um, you've got to change it up. Uh, Burns, he's been given too many opportunities and he hasn't made the most of it. So I think Crawley to open with Hamid in this uh, third Ashes test. Uh, Johnny Bairstow to come in to replace Pope. Um, Ollie Pope's been frenetic he hasn't really capitalized on his opportunities he hasn't made the most of them he's had golden opportunities to score runs in these first two test matches but he hasn't made the most of it he hasn't got a game plan towards Nathan Lyon He got out to him in the first innings here in Adelaide quite badly going down the pitch um, and getting out and getting cheap um, and obviously not making the most of his opportunity I should say so, Johnny Bairstow to come in for him. Obviously, Bairstow has got experience in Test cricket. He's made a few Test centuries. He's done well in the past. So, I think Bairstow to come in in that middle order. Uh, Mark Wood, definitely to come back in for Chris Wokes. Chris Wokes, his batting has been good in this Ashes series thus far. But his bowling has been ineffective. And he's going for a lot of runs. And his record in Australia isn't great. So, obviously, they rested Mark Wood England. Uh, because they wanted to play him here in Melbourne, so he'll definitely come back um, for that extra pace in the England attack. So he'll he'll come back to replace Wokes, and obviously Jack Leach to come back to replace James Anderson because England do need a frontline spinner. They can't keep going on like they have done in Adelaide without choosing a frontline spinner. Now I know Jack Leach has gone for runs, and if he does play here in Melbourne, Australia will probably attack him again. Um, but England do need a frontline spinner. It's simple as that. Um, he'll come back in to replace Anderson. Obviously, uh, James Anderson getting on a bit. He's he's thirty nine. Um, the body's not what it used to be. So he'll be a bit sore and a bit tired after bowling a lot of overs in that first innings in the second Test in Adelaide. So Leach to come back in for Anderson. Obviously, England do have to make changes because you know you've got to make changes. Uh, you can't keep going on like this. So I think. That could be England's potential 11 for the 3rd Ashes Test, and these 11s could be the potential 11s for both teams heading into the 3rd Ashes Test at the MCG. Who's going to win this 3rd Ashes Test at the MCG? I think Australia will win. Australia have all the momentum, and I can't see England fighting back at the MCG. Australia by far the better team, and they should make it a 3-0 series lead at the MCG. What can we expect from both teams heading into the 3rd Ashes Test at the MCG? Australia will be looking to continue on this winning momentum and looking to keep doing the basics with the bat and ball. If they do that, they should be able to win at the MCG and wrap up the Ashes series. England will be looking to try and improve their batting, bowling and fielding for the third Ashes test at the MCG, but it won't be an easy fix for England and there's a lot of work for them to do. What a test match we have seen at the Adelaide Oval. Australia, in the end, was simply too dominant for England, winning by 275 runs and taking a 2-0 series lead, heading into the third Ashes Test at the MCG. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe, and bye for now.